The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Well, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today, and we're just kind of going to take it back a little bit, who we are and what we want to see happen in this church as you come, and if you choose to be a part of what God is doing here, I want to talk about really two things today. The first is what God wants what God wants to do in your own life but then what God wants to do as a corporate body as we're together and so well our our scripture verse and you can see if you walk through the hallway uh, this is a key verse for us Uh, Psalms 92 12 and 14 it says this the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon And those who are planted in the house of the Lord, come on somebody, shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall bear fruit in old age and they shall be fresh and flourishing. I always wanted to be fresh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, For some of you, you know, uh, but I'm telling you, I want to stay fresh. I want to stay flourishing. Come on, I don't know about you, but I don't want to wilter away. I don't want to end my days wiltering and unfresh, nasty, musty. Come on, ain't nobody want to end their days musty. I want to stay fresh. I want people, when they experience me, I want there to be a little bit of, okay, that's good. I don't want to leftovers. I don't want people to think yesterday. I don't want people to think old. I want them to think fresh and flourishing. In other words, wow, every year I get around him or every couple years when I see him, he is more fresh, come on, and more flourishing than he was before I met him. The reality is this, the, the God has called us as believers to live a life that is glory to glory. That it, it's not over. It's not done. We are continuing to move forward and we are continuing to find more forgiveness, more freedom, and more focus in our lives. That's the reality. And everybody needs those. That's why they're on our board. We know everybody needs forgiveness. Everybody messes up and blows it and, and falls short. But we need freedom, and freedom doesn't always come in just a service. Freedom sometimes is a process. Sometimes it can be in a service, in a meeting, in a prayer meeting. Sometimes freedom can come that way. But a lot of times freedom is a continual process of renewing your mind. And then we all need focus. Come on, we all, how many, we all, we, we all want to do a little bit better than we do. We all want to achieve a little bit. We all want to serve God a little bit better. And we lose focus. Come on, we've all made uh, uh, those New Year's resolutions where, okay, this year I'm going to pray more. And all of a sudden Netflix has a new show out. And it's like prayer or flash season four you know what I'm saying and so what happens is we lose focus and we mean to do good but we we, kids life family business and all of a sudden we lose our focus I believe with all of my heart that it is no accident that you're here today. And for those of you who have taken this journey with us, over the last year we have seen many saved, many healed. God has begun to start freedom and a life of freedom in their own life. You know, this verse is happening and playing out right before our eyes. I find it interesting that King David says that 
the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and shall grow like a cedar. You know, I don't know if that was a phrase back then. I don't know if that was a cool phrase. Maybe, maybe something like, hey, man, you should play like Seth Curry. Or, you know what, you need to develop like Dak. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that was, maybe that was, that was the way they communicated back then. I don't know if you've ever had heard old phrases. Old phrases like, um, any, maybe, maybe your grandparents or your parents ever said, hold your horses. Come on, anybody ever said or heard, hold your horses? Come on, come on, you're here today. It's funny that we still use that because there are not horses today. Like many people who've lived in apartments their whole life have probably never seen a horse if they don't watch Animal Planet or they don't Google. And so the fact that they're even, we don't know about holding horses. And so it's kind of it's funny that we still coin that phrase where we think that our six-year-old or seven-year-old is like, like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get it, I get it. Or what about this one? This one's, this one's funny to me. What about people who say, well, you know, I just got to blow off some steam. Okay, I just need to blow. anybody ever heard that, said that, thought that? Okay, that was great when there were engines, that locomotives that were taking and moving people and moving mass products. And so they always released steam before they began to move forward. And so for us, maybe your kids don't really understand when you say, oh, I just had to blow off some steam. They have no reference. The only choo-choo they've seen, come on, is Thomas the Train or when you take that family vacation. What about this one? What about this one? Um, you're like a broken record. You sound like a broken record. Or come on, some of you hipsters, come on, flip side, baby. Flip side. I'll see you on the flip side. Why, are we, why, why do we even say? And people act and nod. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation where you know what you're talking about, but they don't know what you're talking about, but they act like they know what you're talking about, and you realize you don't know. So I'm going to educate you, okay? You millennials, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I see you on the flip side. That's because vinyl had two sides. <laughs> and they played part of it on one side and part of it on the other side. You know what I'm saying? And so I have no idea the phrases that you millennials are going to use when you have kids. I don't know if you're going to say, hey, man, y'all fixing a buffer like Spotify. I don't know what you're going to say, <laughs> but, but it's simply not going to be as cool as these older, more mature, well-established points of view. David was like, you, you shall flourish like a palm tree and you shall grow like a cedar. Okay, why would he say that? Some of you read that, you know, when you may have read that, you may be like, wow, that really spoke to me. I've always liked trees. I love the beach. I'm putting this one on my refrigerator. Deep touch. Okay, let, let's talk about this. Because the reality is there is a meaning here that is much deeper if we knew the context and we lived in that culture. The palm tree is an intriguing example because in Scripture the palm tree is always talking about the date palm, the date palm tree, and, and it is magnificent. It's beautiful. It, its roots are are called a, a ball root, and, and it, 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 it's 
The roots are very, very strong. And as we look at this, here's what I want you to know about the palm tree. Is it's one of the most useful trees that there is. It not only does it produce dates, but it produces things that, that we use to make sugar, wine, honey, oil, uh, thread, uh, dye. The seeds are fed to cattle. And its leaves are used for roofs and fences and mats and baskets. Its fruit, listen to this. As time goes on, the fruit gets sweeter and sweeter. Come on. As a Christian, as a believer, you should be getting better. You know what I'm saying? Not, I know all that. I got it. I know it. I got it. I've been to church for a couple of years. I got the whole concept. You know what I'm saying? Jesus died. You're bad. He makes you good. That's it. You know what I'm saying? The reality is there's much more to, to a relationship with Christ than just content. Than, than, than just knowledge. If we look at this, it was the palm branches. Think about this, that padded the Lord's entrance and people were waving palm branches as Jesus rose in. In fact, we have a Sunday called Palm Sunday in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Look at this verse here. It says this in Revelations 9 and 10. I'll read it. After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. All of the nations and the tribes and people and tongue standing before the throne, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hand, crying out with a loud voice, saying, "Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb." There is obviously a thought of palm branches and there is some significance for us on what this is to be a palm tree is this they're not easily destroyed you may not have gone out and and had one of your you know uh uh uh, destructive moments and tried to kill palm trees (laughs) but the reality is they're very hard to destroy most minerals and nutrients in a tree for them to survive are found on the surface right below the bark. But it's different with a palm tree. A palm tree, it, its life comes from within and it flourishes even when it's under attack. That's why you see a palm tree will bend but it won't break. The reality is this, the trunk, and, and, and people, you know, obviously I'm using tree because the Bible says tree, but people even think it's a shrub. But, but the reality, because it's so different, the bark on it is so different. And the reality is you need to understand that, that David, through observation, is describing the Christian life. And he's saying, hey, there are times when it's hard. There are times when you may, misbe- you may be mistreated. There's times when people don't get you. There may be times when your boss doesn't understand or your mate is not, you know. It's funny. You, you marry this person and you think they're great. And then you get married and you live with them. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, oh, okay, I've got to learn how to be married and there are times when it's great it's wonderful we're partying and there's times when it's like if hell is anything like this I need to get and stay saved you know what I'm saying listen 
the reality is there are times when it's not working the way you planted it, the planned it, and it's not working the way you want it to go. And what I believe David is telling us is those that are planted in the house of the Lord, you may have moments when you bend, but you won't break because the life is not based on, your joy is not based on, your, your life is not based on all of the other circumstances that surround you. Jesus said, I am with you. I am for you. I will never leave you. In other words, there is a life that's been inserted into your spirit and you can walk in joy even when everything around you is bad. That you don't see it like the world sees it. You don't experience it like the world. doesn't mean that we don't have heartache. doesn't mean that we don't have problems. doesn't mean that we don't miss it at times. But the reality is this, that I find it interesting that David says, live, be like a, a, a palm tree. Listen, tropical winds blow, but that doesn't blow the palm tree down. The stronger winds, and here's the reality that you may not know. The stronger the wind and the stronger the tree bends, the more that palm tree gains strength. Listen, there is something I love all stages of, uh, of the believer's life. And, and it's important for us to know that there is stages. Like we don't get all the revelation in the first year. There are stages and there are, you, there are new levels and new levels of freedom and new levels of understanding and the Bible content, the message of Christ is lived in real time. In other words, there are things that you understand now that you totally didn't understand when you were 16. You see life differently now than you did when you were 6. And so as you develop, your clarity develops and you're able to see, okay, wow. Wow, there's a lot to this. You may be here today, stretched thin, masking, acting like everything. Oh, brother, oh, man, you know, <laughs> God's good. <laughs> on the way up here, you were mad. On the way, you know, what I'm all week long, you've been frustrated. You got no more tissues because you cried all week long. You're mad at every, you deleted half of your friends on Facebook this last week. You know, the reality is, we live in real time. If you're stressed out, frazzled, burnout, here's what you need to know. 1 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11 says this. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Come on. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down. Come on, somebody, but not destroyed. And you need to understand that this situation, even if it was because of your own negligence will not destroy you. It will not destroy you. And you're not done yet. It's not over. God has great redemptive, He has a process for you. And so that's why the message, the good news, the gospel is different. Because you don't work to earn this. You've been given it as a gift. And there's always a way out for you. There's always a way out. The Bible says that God would give us a way out of temptation, a way out of these hard times. It doesn't mean you don't have to walk through it at some time. And it's important for us to teach our children this. Because if we grow up our kids thinking that there is no adversity for the believer, then they will come and grow up in a church that they feel like 
you did all this stuff and it never really even worked for you. The reality is this. There is adversity, but it happens differently for those that are planted than those who uproot themselves every time trying to look for something a little bit better. I did Christianity. Well, then I tried this. Well, then I tried this. Well, I tried this. Okay, well, now I'm cycling back to Christianity. Well, you know what? I tried this church, and, and six months later, I tried this church, and I went over there, and I went over there. And you know what? I just kind of feel like, you know what? You just, you just need to receive from a lot of other places because, you know, nobody has the complete gospel. I understand all that. But here's the deal. There is a reason why you plant. There's a reason why you plant. Ain't nobody got married talking about, hey, I'm going to try this out for six months. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> There's about three other people I'm really attracted to, but I'm going to go ahead and hit you for I mean, we're going, you know, We're going we're gonna to go, go ahead and try this out. I got about, you know, still got my black book. That, that doesn't, that, that's, nobody would enter into that commitment. The reality is we have to plant, and we have to plant, and we have to grow. It's interesting that it says this. You have to grow like a cedar. Why would it say that? You have to grow like a cedar. The cedar of Lebanon only grows on, at this point in time, it only grew on the mountains in Syria. 8,000 feet above the Mediterranean sea level. Okay? 8,000 feet above. So what is it saying? What is it saying? That as a Christian, as a believer, you are called up higher. You are called up higher. There is an expectation on your life to live and to move and to live higher. Not live on, in the valley. We experience valleys, but we live up on the mountain. There's a different perspective. We see life different. We see, uh, uh, we see problems different. We see hard moments different. We see it different. Can you imagine the perspective of an 8,000 foot elevation Versus someone who was on a lower level. You see further. You see different. You see. Listen. When people come at you. And they're like. How did you get through that? I don't know. But. I just see it different. I just see it different. Well I, I'm telling you what I would do. I would go tell your mom. I would go tell your dad. I would go tell your ex. I would go tell you. You know what I would do. I'm just telling you. <laughs> it would get real. You know what? God has always called us to live and go up the mountain and live higher. Even in the Old Testament, God offered an opportunity for the children of Israel to come up to the mountain and they didn't want to. No, 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 we don't want to go up there. We don't want to live up there. Send Moses, send Moses, send him up the mountain. Listen, let, he'll be our delegate. Let him make the sacrifice. Let him make the change. God is calling all of us to continue to grow and develop. A, a, a cedar tree, 120 feet, it continues to grow its whole life. In other words, here's the thing. As a Christian, you're never done. You're never done. You're never done. You've never heard enough content. You're growing. The reality is this. The Christian life is like a stream and a current going this way, but we're in a vessel and a boat rowing upstream. And as soon as we take our hands off the oar,
That's why we've all been at church and we saw the awesome life group leader or the awesome person. And then six or seven years later, what happened to them? Because it's not about content. It's not about knowing enough. Come on, I have four kids and they know to clean their room. We harp on cleaning the room. And I always find it funny when I walk into my, my, my child's room that they don't pay for. You know what I'm saying? I always find it amusing for me to walk into their room. And the reality is this. I pay for everything. All the clothes they got. The bed, everything. And then all of their clothes are on. The floor. I understand. If that was the standard, baby, if we had clothes and we said, okay, we did your, we did your laundry. I'm like, my, my wife spends two or three hours putting up clothes. I'm like, babe, just throw it in the floor. They'll find it. That's what they do. She's like, we can't do that. I'm like, if I was doing It's washed. See, the reality is there are things that we know, but knowing isn't revelation. Come on. I grew up in public school. We had Red, Red, Red Ribbon Week. I don't know if y'all, they still have that. Say no to drugs. Just say no. Just say no. Just say no. But yet people smoking pot, crack. I don't know if a ribbon has ever stopped anybody from, well, okay. I still have my ribbon from fourth grade. My point is this, my point is this, that the reality is if we think that content and knowledge is enough, then we reduce the fact that this is a spiritual message and it's about revelation. It's not about content. There are people who have read the Bible and know it better than Christians, but yet the, the, they, they have read it as a textbook, but they... they it is a spiritual concept. It is a spiritual book. It is something different. It, it is a seed that plants your life and your whole life begins to change because of it. It's not, it's not a, 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 a just a historical, awesome, literal... Does that make sense? This, this isn't just some great piece of... American literature or world literature. It's transformational. This cedar continues to grow and I believe that God would let us know in this analogy that number one, you've got to be planted and there's going to be times when issues are going to come and you're going to have to bend. But not only that, I, can, I expect you to grow and continue to thr thrive and flourish and grow. And you should be somewhere different this year than you were last year. There should be more freedom. And so I have three things that I want to give you real quick about being planted in the house. Three things real quick. The first is this. Planted people become stationary. Planted people become stationary. The reality is this. The most pe reason that people do not plant somewhere is because of past hurts in their life. 
I don't feel, I, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I, I, I like church. I just don't like people. And so, huh, that's a problem. <laughs> that's why on our board we talk about everybody needs forgiveness. The reality is planted people become stationary and you can never, the seed doesn't get into the ground and pop back up. It gets into the ground and then it matures. I remember being in third or fourth grade and they, the teacher gave us a bean. Put it in a bag with a little bit of water and we taped it to the window. And I was like so excited. I was like, I'm growing a, a bean plant. It's going to be awesome. Next day I was so excited. I want to get to school early. Look at my bean plant. Nothing. Next day, Nothing. Finally, I got distracted. I'm ADD. I, f I found something like a scar on my hand. or I, I lost interest. Totally forgot that there were bean plants on the wall. <laughs> a couple weeks later, the teacher's like, okay, class, look. And it was like an epiphany. It was like, oh, what happened? <laughs> In our own life, stationary people begin to grow and begin to mature. And the reality is this. We are in a culture where offenses and opinions rule the day. Offense, offense and opinions rule the day. Everyone has an opinion and it's always, it's, it's always uh, uh, hard to get into conversations because now when we grow the church, we've got people, oh, I don't know about that, I don't know about that. And now the church is more critics than it is commitment. You know, and the reality is every conversation is divisive. Every issue is, is, is major. You know what I'm saying? Well, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you not believe in the Holy Spirit? You believe, you believe in tithe? You don't believe in tithe. You believe net, net or gross? Uh, this or that. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I just want to serve Jesus and, and have community. And, uh, well, well, well do, we are the church. Why do you think you have to go to church? Well, well we, the church universal. God was for all of us, and we are all his church, and we are his bride. Y yes. You know, and, and, so, and it's like so divisive. And so it's either so opinion-based, or, 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 or it's so offended that people as a community can't, can't move forward. And it wasn't that much different in Jesus' day. There were people who were very critical and very offended. Yeah. When Jesus, they were, the, the, the Pharisees were offended when Jesus' disciples didn't fast. Oh. <laughs> Listen, the reality is when you plant, you become committed, stationary. And can I tell you that we are training up young people who need to look out and see you in the same seat, yeah. loving Jesus. Because while they are oblivious to good and bad days when they're six years old, when they grow up, they'll look and they'll say, they were always there. Yeah. And they'll, in a contemplative moment, and you don't, I guess you have those around 30, <laughs> they'll go, you know what? They were they always were different. They always had joy. There was always something about them. I always, it all, they, I always saw them at church. They always said hi to me. There was always a yeah. Yeah. stationary people. We've got to be planted. God, the reason he said to plant 
is because we were supposed to grow and flourish and thrive. Listen, the second one is this. Planted people blossom. Planted people blossom. I can find you someone who is maybe, maybe, maybe they are um, going through a difficult time. And they're not planted in their faith. And they're not planted in a church, in a community. And I can tell you, it's hard to live life by themselves. It's hard to live life alone. The Bible says that no man is an island. You cannot live life by your own. Because here's the deal. Your thoughts become your own measurement of right and wrong. And you know what? There's a little bit of tension. There's a little bit, when we come and assemble together, there's a little bit of accountability. There's a little bit of that that happens. And all of that, the Bible says, iron sharpen iron. And it causes us to grow. It causes us to expand. And the reality is planted people blossom. I've seen people come in and in a year, they're starting to bud. There's some things, life starting to happen. There's some things starting to happen. The way they're communicating, the way they're talking, what they're doing, the joy that they're walking in. Listen, it's very important. There is a process. And so while we are a church for all people, you come in, and regardless if you know anything about church, no church, de-churched, come in. And you know what? You come as a seed. But the reason there's a process and the reason that we talk about cedars and the reason that we want you to blossom is because while salvation and a new experience and freedom is great, nothing is as good as being a fully mature palm tree that has fruit that other people can benefit from. There is a process. There's a reason why you keep leaning towards freedom. There's a reason you keep focusing. There's a reason you keep humbling yourself before God because it causes you to change. Listen, the reality is this. I don't want this church to be a legalistic church. Well, you can't do that, you can't do that, can't do that, can't watch Mars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But the reality is this. If we're not careful, listen, because we grew up in a legalistic church, there will be no lines. And God is always calling us to live a holy life. And here's the thing. We are made holy because of the blood of Jesus. But the reality is this. We control the thoughts, habits, and actions of what we allow and we make choices. You know, the other day, I, I, I had a real tension between uh, me because, you know, I, I took my, my daughters to a daddy-daughter dance at their school. And I want, I, 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 I'm, I'm shifting a little bit in my concept because I want to be salt and light. I want to love people. But I was listening to a bunch of music that I didn't agree with at all. And so... After we got done having fun, and, and, and I loved it because all of my girls, people were running up and hugging them. Hi, hi, hi. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm her dad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I made that. <laughs> the reality is this, that when we got done, I had to pull them aside and go, okay, babies. Did y'all hear some of this stuff? Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? Here's the deal. I don't mind being in the world, but we cannot be of it. 
And so we have to teach and train our kids because the reality is these next kids that they're growing up with in 20 years will be in church somewhere. They're going to have a mental breakdown. They're going to have a parent issue. They're going to cry. And if I hold all of my kids back from everything that they're going to do, then they will have no light to run to. But on the same token, if I let my kids go out and I let them just absorb into a culture and I don't teach and train them, then they're not going to know that wrong is wrong and right is right. You hear what I'm saying? And the reality is this, that planted people blossom and, and, and your light and your life should, you should be more whole than you were last year. There should be something different about you this year. There should be something going on different. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that we don't have moments where we slip up. It doesn't have moments that we don't deal with our stuff. But the reality is there should be more good days. Come on, somebody. Than there are bad days. And we should be moving forward. Develop your faith. Break forth. Don't let that bondage, don't let that generational curse, don't let that mindset, don't let that thing stay on you and live on you. Come on, you should blossom. The word should go forth. You should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word should come in. We don't read the word because I have to and it's spiritual homework. We read it because it's life. We pray. Come on, M- many Christians, I talked, about our, our, I talked about my kids knowing to pick up their clothes, but how many believers know we need to pray and believe in prayer and will say, I'm praying for you. But then they never pray. (laughs) Come on, Christians are the best at language. We are good at the language. Oh, I heard you're going through that. I'm praying for you. You hadn't thought about that person one time. You You hadn't gone on the throne. You hadn't sat down and really called their name out before God to pray for them. What you meant to say is, I thought about you. I thought about you. I didn't do nothing with it, but I thought about you. I thought, oh, I hope they're doing good, but I didn't take you before God. I didn't pray for you. Come on, we've got to blossom. We've got to blossom because the closer we get to him, and can I tell you this? Let me just say this. It is wrong theology to say that God's greatest desire is us. The reality is this. God's greatest desire is Him because He is light and truth. Here's the, here's the context. When God created Adam and Eve, He created Adam and Eve to walk with Him and expand the kingdom. It doesn't mean that God loves us any less, but the reality is what God wants in us is us bringing God to Him. Because when we bring God to God, then there, He's like, that's the best it gets. See, I'm not bringing you my, my, my perception. I'm not bringing you my opinions. I'm not bringing you how awesome I am. I'm bringing you you, which has caused me to live submitted, and it's caused me to surrender. And so I come before you bringing you to yourself. And God's like, holla. <laughs> you get it. You get it. You get it. The whole goal was that God created Adam and Eve and said, you guys create because I want people to know me. 
I'm going to give you a garden. I want you to take it to the world. We've got to blossom. The last thing is this. Planted people produce. Planted people produce. And as a Christian, the goal, and, 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 I, and, I, and I want to make sure that, because we're such an instant society. You know, I remember as a kid watching movies over and over and over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like people are like one time and done. Oh, I never watch that again. I never watch that again. I see that one time. And I like, I remember I watched like Star Wars. Come on. Like 50 times. Rocky, come on. I, I watched Rocky till I knew Rocky. You know what I'm saying? I know all of it. I, the tiger, got it on play. Jam. Just over. Here's what we do sometimes with Christianity. It's a one experience and we're done. And the reality is this. You cannot read, listen, listen, listen. You cannot read this book one time and get it. You cannot come to just a couple of church services and lock it up in a bow. The reality is this. I'm the first one to say that there has been injustices because of some people in the church. But I will also come right back around and say its successes far outweigh its failures. Far outweigh. And the reality is this. We are to produce fruit. And the Bible says this. Listen, listen. Much fruit. Much fruit. Not some fruit. Much fruit. And so the goal for us in the Bible, Paul was talking about, there are some people on milk. And I have so much more for you than milk. I need you to get mature so that you can eat and nourish and grow and develop. And so that's why at the house we're pushing people to come get plugged in, to come through framework, to learn, to jump on our dream team so that you guys can join a life group, be involved, develop a community. Because here's the thing, there are gifts and callings that God gave you not to just make you money, but to build the kingdom. And at the end of the day, your goal is not the 401k. It's not how many degrees you get. All of those things are great, and God's not against those. But it is what have you done for the kingdom. And the reality is this. God wants you to mature and produce. Life givers produce life. Okay? Cows produce baby cows. Humans produce baby humans. I don't want to mess up your evolution. <laughs> and Christians should produce fruit. It just should. And so what does that fruit look like? Judgmental people who have it all together and demand that the world be holy? That's not the fruit that I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who legitimately love people that legitimately pray for people, that legitimately will inconvenience themselves for somebody else. Yeah. I'm talking about the people who don't, who don't say, oh, oh, oh yeah, I, I got it all together. The reality is this. God wants you to be planted in the house. And so I have two main thoughts as we end. Some of you, you're distant from the Lord. Maybe you grew up in church. But you need to be planted. 
You need to ask for forgiveness from the Lord, not me. And you may have strayed or fallen. And today is a day that you need to say, you know what? Maybe I need to give this another look. Maybe I need to realize that maybe what I thought about Christianity is not all that there is to it. And maybe I need to learn what it means to be saved. And the second is this. Maybe you're here and you've been kind of coming and going and you kind of like us, but you really don't know us. I want you to come in and be planted. And if not in this church, a church. Get planted in a church because your family will thrive. I cannot promise you great days every single day, but I can promise you a legacy that will be life-giving. And at the end of your days, your kids will rise up, listen to me, and call you blessed. Because that's what the Bible says. And some of us are living for a good day, but we're not living for a legacy. And I'm telling you, those who are planted, come on, that's good. Y'all can clap for that. Some of y'all, listen, the reality is this. You gotta live for the legacy. You gotta live for the for the, for the end. You gotta be planted in the house. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.